God, we thank you, Lord. Uh, you've always been there in our lives. And thank you. David is right. We all face something today. Everybody here faces something. People that are watching are facing something. Sometimes it's that mountain. It's that giant. It's that ocean that we can't cross. It's a problem that's too big for us. But it's not too big for you. Lord, I pray that you teach us to learn to live in the good news of Christ and just help us understand who we are and help us understand what we have. Lord, help us to just trust in you more and just depend on you more. Lord, the more we depend on you and the more we trust you, doesn't mean that life gets easier. It just means that we get stronger because we're plugged into you. Teach us to learn to live in that strength. Lord, as we start this brand new series of wisdom, I pray that you use me to share with your sons and daughters um, just the value of wisdom and how, how important it is in our lives. And Lord, at the end of the day, teach us that wisdom isn't just something we, we receive. Wisdom is a person, and it's that person named Jesus Christ because he's, he's always been there. Teach us to just embrace that. Teach us to live in that. Teach us to share that. Teach us to trust in that. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, give God a praise offering. He's worthy of all praise. You guys are welcome to have a seat. Man, it's really good to have you guys here today. And, and before I get started, I do want to reiterate, make sure you get back, you back the backpacks. Because it's important to give backpacks to kids that need them. Uh, and we don't want to give them uh, just raunchy backpacks. We want to give them really nice backpacks. So if you can help us with that, we would really appreciate that. Um, before I get started, if I, if I sound or look a little bit, ooh, I had a rough night last night. It was a good night. We, we went to the Kirk Franklin concert last night. And, and I'm telling you, we, we left at 11. We didn't go to bed to about 11.45 because we were so energized. Let me tell you a couple of things before I get started in today's message about what I saw last night and what it did for me. There was a moment where I sat down and just watched 18,000 people in the AT&T Center and just watch everybody sing and worship together. And I'm going, hey, that sounds just like my church. And then, and then listening, listening to the band play and just watching it, I'm going, hey, that just sounds like our band. And then, and then listening to the sound, and like that sounds like Noe engineering. All it was just great. It was really good. It was really good. And the thing that I love the most is it, it put a smile in my face because I, I realized that's a glimpse of heaven right there. It's just a glimpse of heaven because in heaven we worship in heaven. I want you to know that we worship in heaven. They, preachers don't preach in heaven because Jesus is the preacher. He's going to be Him. You don't need to hear me. Why do you want to hear me when you can hear Him? You want to hear Chewy, not me. You don't want to hear, I mean, Jesus. He's the guy that's going to get, he is the word, and he's going to share so much with us. But the Bible talks so much about worship. And when we were there and, and everyone was jumping up and down and having a great time, and, and just, I sat down for a second because when I was tired. But I sat down and I just looked at young people worshiping, and, and it, was, it, just, it just filled my heart with joy to know that the generation behind us, there's a generation behind us, there's a remnant of people who love the Lord and they want to worship him. So I, I encourage you as much as I can, worship as long as you can because you're going to do it in heaven. If you're not a worshiper, I challenge you to become one. Worshiping doesn't mean you have to sing. Kirk Franklin doesn't sing. He can't sing a lick. He can't. He admitted that last night. He said his anointing is not in that. So what is his, he says, I'm a worshiper. So that's a very interesting thing. You don't have to be a singer to be a worshiper. So I'd encourage you to, to if you get a chance, go to a Christian concert and go to one that, that you're going to come out sweating because that's what it was last night. It was, it was really, really, really good. So I just had a great time and I had to share that with you to know that there's a group of young men and women that that love the Lord and that are young and that they want to worship and serve him. So that was fun. So today I start a new series. It's a six-part series. It's on wisdom. We talked about my faith, and my faith was a 12-part series, and I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed teaching it. 
Um, it's one of my favorite series that I've ever done. This one is on wisdom, and I'll talk about wisdom for six weeks, and I'm actually jumping a little bit ahead, and then the one after that, I'm going to talk about my soul. And I'm going to tell you, I've just, just peeked at it just for a second, and I think the series on my soul will be the best series I've ever taught in my entire life. So, so just hang on for wisdom here. We've talked about your faith. Now we're going to talk about, we talked about what faith was, right? Faith is believing, believing and trusting the Lord even though you haven't seen what he's going to do. Even the things that haven't happened, you believe that he's going to bring that up to you. And faith is a wonderful thing, and we learned that in Hebrews chapter 11. But I'm going to teach you this, this next six weeks on how to live the Christian life here on this earth and how to live a, a blessed life and how to live a life of wisdom. And I think it's very important for all of us to have. And just a footnote, next week I'm going to preach a, a, on, on wisdom, but I'm going to talk about friendship. And I'm going to talk about the value of friends. And I'm going to talk about the circle of people that you surround yourself with and how important that circle is, biblically speaking. And, it'll, and I'll show you next week the importance of choosing the right friends. And this is why a lot of us get so caught up with our children, those of us that are parents, like, we don't like that friend. Well, why don't you like that friend? Stop judging. That's no, not about judging. It's about evaluating and observing. And about understanding that what you don't know that I know because I've done this because I didn't listen to my parents when they told me and they were right. you got to listen to me and you think I'm wrong and I'm not here to be right. I'm just here to help you understand to gain some wisdom. The more wisdom you have, the more you're going to help people with so many things. There's a lot of things about wisdom that I love. Wisdom is going to help me develop better relationships. Wisdom is going to help me strengthen the roots within my family. It's going to protect my family. Wisdom is going to help me manage money. Wisdom is going to help me be careful with my words. Wisdom is going to help me to understand how important hard work is. The, more, the wiser you are, the better you're going to be in life. And the more you move up in life, I'm not talking about financially, the more you grow in your personal life, the, the better person you become, the more you bring everybody else around you up higher as well. So there's a couple of things I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to get to truths till the very end. i got to kind of give an introduction of, of wisdom and what it is and what it's not. Okay, so wisdom is a skill that you have to have to have a successful life. You're not going to be successful without wisdom. You're not going to be uh, influential without wisdom. You're not going to have authority. And you could have authority without wisdom, but it's not going to last. Because you guys, we know this, right? We know there's a difference, and I've talked about it before, and especially within the men's Bible study, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is gaining as much information as you can, and it's important to gain information. Knowledge is me reading a book on how to be a parent. All right, wisdom is learning how to apply the, the skill or, or the things that I've learned and learn when to use them and when not to use them. I've given this example before. Knowledge is learning, learning how to use a gun. Wisdom is learning when to use a gun. When to pull, pull it out of the holster and when to keep it in. That's wisdom. And, and, and I think that's the one thing that we lack in this world so much. There's a lot of foolishness going on in this world. There's a lot of foolishness going on within our own homes. There's a lot of foolishness going on within ourselves. You can't look at the country and go, look at how foolish the country is. As I start looking at that, i got to look at how foolish I am because I contribute to the foolishness. And every one of us, every one of our foolishness within ourselves contributes to every part of our life and every part of our relationships. When you have issues and struggles at home, it's that foolishness that's coming out and, and that wisdom that you're not listening to. There are times you have to learn to just be quiet. When everybody else is raising their voice, adding more fuel to the fire instead of water to the fire, you don't need to add more fuel to it. Wisdom says, hey, you don't have to win today. Hey, you don't have to be right today. Hey, today, how about peace instead of victory? 
Come on, somebody say amen to that. So, so when we look at the Bible and we see how valuable wisdom is, it's all over the Bible. It's everywhere. Jesus talks about two men, one who was wise and one who was foolish. One who built his house on the rock and one who built his house on sand. One prepared themselves and had the wisdom and the knowledge to understand. Not only do I have the knowledge of where I live, but I also have the wisdom to understand that I have to apply this skill set into my life. And if I build my house on sand, even though I can make the house beautiful on the outside, it can be cosmetically gorgeous, it can be worth a million dollars. I'm going to spend a million dollars on the house, but I'm only going to spend a, a, a dime on the foundation. From the outside, when you drive by that house, it looks great. You look at it and go, oh, my goodness, look at how wonderful that house is. But that house is destined to fail. It's destined to fail because it lacks the foundation of wisdom by the person who, who, who put it together and the architect that got it prepared. And you have to understand that everything you do in your life when you take money out of your pocket and you put it in someone else, I pray that you use wisdom on where your money goes. I pray that when you take love in your life and you're going to give it to one person or this is she the one, is he the one, I pray that as you go to the Lord and you go to Christ, I pray that you use wisdom to make the right choice. Because hear me out, and we all know this, if you make the wrong choice, if you choose foolishly with your heart, don't look at the person next to you. But if you, look, if, you, if you invest foolishly with your heart, your heart will be crushed and broken, and you will not be able to move forward in life. So I ask again, or I say again, it's all over the Bible. Jesus doesn't just talk about a, a, a man who builds his house on sand and one who builds his house on a rock. Jesus talks about this rich man who was a fool who had so much money, he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build barns. I'm going to have so much that I'm just going to enjoy life and just sit back and take life easy. And Jesus tells him that day, you fool. Because that day, God was going to take his life away. Foolishness is this. Foolishness is taking what you have in life, and you've been given an eternal opportunity in your life. Foolishness is taking an eternal opportunity and turning it into just temporary, momentary moments of success right here and missing out the bigger eternal perspective that you have in this life. You can chase all these wonderful dreams in your life, and I'm not against chasing your dreams, but I am against you gaining the world and losing your soul. And a fool will gain the world and think that they're on top of the mountain until one day they find out they're on the wrong mountain. And by then, it's too late. So I don't want that for you, and I don't want you to have that. So, so let me tell you a couple of things as we go into the book of Proverbs. I'm going to spend this entire six weeks on the book of Proverbs. Now, there are five books in the Bible that are wisdom books. And a lot of you, I don't know if you know these books, but Job and Psalms and, and uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, they're called poetry books, they're called wisdom books. Those are books that if you ever want to grow in wisdom, that's a place to go, especially the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs was written mostly by Solomon, not completely by Solomon. And, and, and a lot of it is, is written to just give us perspective on what we need to do in life. Now, you guys have known me for the longest time. I've color-coded the Bible for y'all to kind of go, hey, this is a promise, this is a truth, this is a command. Well, the first thing I want you to know when we talk about the book of Proverbs, I want you to know that this, Proverbs are a collection of wise principles. They're not promises, okay? They're principles that are wise. They're principles that will bless your life. But they're not promises. And I'm going to help you understand what I mean by that. Because I've learned this. I've been struggling for a while sometimes color coding something going, yeah, that's a promise. And no, that, that's not a promise. That's a truth. Well, it's not even a promise or a truth. It's an emphasis. So sometimes I color code the Bible sometimes in orange to kind of go, hey, this is, a, this is, this is a, an important point in it, even though it's not a promise, even though it's not a truth, and even though it's not a command. 
So I've been, I've been going through the Bible going, man, there's some things that I just, this is important, but, but how, how do I describe it? And the best way I could describe Proverbs is this, is that it is a principle of wisdom. There's a lot of principles of wisdom that you need to learn from the book of Proverbs to help you understand. But you do have to understand this, that, that they're, not, they're, not all, they're not promises, so if you mistake them for a, prom- for a promise, you're going to read or interpret the Bible wrong. For an example, you know this scripture, so if you don't, I- I've learned it my whole life and I've taught it my whole life. I don't know that I've taught it as a promise, and if I did, I was wrong. And I'll explain this. Train a child in the ways of the Lord, right? And when he is older, he will not depart from it. Oh, that's a promise. Some- no, it's not. It's a promise. No, 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 it's not. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a principle of wisdom. Because if it's a promise, then here's the promise then. If I train my child in the ways of the Lord, then here's what it comes down to. If I'm a good parent, my child's going to be a good child. Hey, you're starting to get that, aren't you? You're starting going, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're. Either we're bad parents or we're good parents and they're bad kids. Let's stick to the second one. <laughs> but seriously, there, there's no way there's a guarantee and a promise that, that if I bring my child up in church and if they grow up in church, they're going to always come back to the Lord. That, we'd love for that to happen. we love for that to be the case. But that's not a promise. What do you mean it's not a promise? Because it's not a promise. Because let me help you understand when you, when you see the difference. Here's a promise. Here's a promise. The Lord said that he will never leave you and never forsake you. That's a promise. That's something you can take to the bank. That is a guarantee. That is certain. Here, so, so you see that, right? And, and so, so when you see, well, coach, then, then hold on now. Then, then it's, it's a, could it be a truth? No, it's not a truth. When I talk about truth in the Bible, I talk about absolute truth. Absolute truth is something that affects all people at all times in all places. All right? All the time, everywhere, to every person. So, so, so those who call on the name of Christ shall be saved. That is a truth. 100% of the time. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you confess and believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. That is a truth that God pro- that gives to everyone. I don't care what I don't care what your history is. I don't care where you've done. I don't care what you where you've been. That is a truth. So when I start looking at if I train a child in the ways of the Lord, when he is older, he will not depart from it. Well, coach, if that's that's not a command. No, it's not a command. If it's not a truth, because that's not to all people, because there's people who bring their children to church and they don't they don't come back to the Lord. So what is it? It's a principle of wisdom. It's a pattern in life. It's something that you go that I would tell you this, it would be great for you to train your child in the ways of the Lord. And the chances are, if we look at the pattern of life and if we look at wisdom, there's probably a good chance that that could happen. But if it doesn't happen, don't blame God because, oh, this was a promise. No, you've interpreted the Bible wrong on that. Does that make sense to everybody? So, so start looking at the Bible and start looking and wondering, Lord, where is, there, where is this a promise and where is this, where is this a, a, a principle of wisdom? Here's another one. Proverbs eleven sixteen says this. A gracious woman brings honor. And then it says, and a violent man or violent people gain only riches. A gracious woman brings honor and violent people gain only riches? Well, that's in the Bible, so you're saying that, that, so this is a promise, the more violent I am, the more money I have? Well, El Chapo would say yes. <laughs> Only I could bring El Chapo up in church, right? <laughs> Forgive me for that, sorry. But, but, but it's like, so, so what, what's it saying? Oh, no, no, see, see, look at the principle of wisdom here. A gracious woman versus violent people, but the violent people only get riches? And a gracious woman brings honor. What's the wisdom principle here? Grace. Grace is more powerful than wealth. To be gracious, to be merciful, to be compassionate, that is true wealth. 
because that brings honor to everyone in the home. It brings honor to the woman, and when it brings honor to the woman, it brings honor to her children, and it brings honor to the children and the grandchildren. A woman of honor is more wealthy than the most violent El Chapo in the entire world. So ladies, if you're a woman of grace, we salute you, and God says he's pleased with you. Could you give the Lord a praise offering for that? But now, now you start understanding the difference between, okay, that's not a truth, that's not a problem. That's a principle and a pattern of life that I probably need to follow so I can learn what life is all about. So that's the first thing I'll tell you before we get into truths. Here's a, another thing I want to tell you about this, about Proverbs is this. Proverbs is all about relationships. Proverbs really assumes relationships. Because if you look at the Bible, when Solomon writes most of the Proverbs, he's writing them to his son, uh, Rehoboam. And he writes them to him to just kind of go, son, look, remember this. This is important for you to understand. Don't ever forget what I'm telling you. This is my dad telling me this every day of my life. Son, don't ever forget this. I'm like, I already forgot what, what I wasn't supposed to forget yesterday. But, okay, don't forget this. And my dad was constantly, constantly, constantly just giving me nuggets of wisdom, nuggets of, of, of knowledge, nuggets of, of understanding, constantly helping me see things, not the way normal people see them, but helping me see things spiritually. And, and, and it's, it, it's really changed my life. It's really helped me to understand when I look at something, when I'm dealing with something, when I'm struggling with something, whether it's finances, whether it's in my marriage, whether it's with my children, whether it's, 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 it's as a pastor, or whether it's just as a man, whatever I'm struggling with, I always have to look at things not from the carnal, not from the flesh, not three-dimensionally. I have to look at things from the supernatural. I have to look at things from the eternal perspective. I have to look at things different. But if my dad never develops that relationship with me, if my dad never gave me those nuggets, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. Now, I say that understanding that some of you are going, well, coach, I, I didn't have a dad like that. I get that. Then the book of Proverbs is for you. And this is why the book of Proverbs is for you. Because as you start reading the book of Proverbs, you see that even though the king is writing to his son, the prince, about wisdom. As you look at it, it's a father to a child, which is also through the Holy Spirit, which is your father from heaven to his children. He's writing these proverbs for you. Even though it's Solomon to his son, it's God the father to his daughter. It's God the father to his son. It's God the Father to you telling you, look, this is the way to live your life. This is the blessing you will have. This is the, the for lack of a better word, the, the pilon. It's the only way I could describe it. Some of you don't know what pilon is. It's that little extra free gift. By doing this, you're going to get this. You're going to get something. You, you're, you're not going to miss the opportunity because your wisdom will help you to see that. So not only is wisdom, as I tell you, the Proverbs are not promises, they're patterns for wisdom. The other thing I'll tell you, as I've said before, is now you'll learn that the whole book of Proverbs is about relationship. And the third one that I'll tell you before we get into the truths is this, is the Proverbs point to a principle and they point to a person. The Proverbs gives you a bunch of principles of wisdom, but at the end of the day, what the Proverbs really do is point to a person named Jesus Christ. The entire Bible always points to Jesus Christ. And, and I've, I've said this to you many times. When we went through the book of, of Hebrews in chapter 11, we studied all these people in faith. We show, I showed you how, how the Old Testament is all about pictures that lead to Jesus Christ. Well, Proverbs is another example that, that wisdom the true form of wisdom is found in a person, and it's in that person named Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says he's become the wisdom. He's become our wisdom. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 says this, in Christ are hidden all the treasures. Listen to me. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 
If you want to know what a wise life looks like, if you want to know what wisdom looks like, look at the life of Jesus Christ. And when you look at the life of Jesus Christ, you see wisdom incarnate, wisdom in the flesh. You see that when Jesus starts speaking to normal people, to the average person, all the average people and normal people just come to Christ and they flock to Jesus. They stop listening to the religious leaders. They don't listen to the man of cloth. They listen to a carpenter's son who looks, who, that's what he is. From their eyes, he's a carpenter's son. But when they start listening to him speak, when they hear what he says, he says something different than everybody else says. They're reading from the same Bible. They're reading the same scripture, but this man takes it to a deeper level that they've never heard before. Do you understand that? Wouldn't you want that in your life? Wouldn't you want to be the person that God would use that as you surround yourself with wisdom and you, you, you seek it and you search it, you start finding insights in life that other people do not have. And every time you speak, people get quiet because they want to listen because they know you've got something that they need. That's wisdom. God would not send his son to die on a cross and rise from the dead so you can live like a fool. Somebody say amen to that. It's cost him too much. So when you start looking at wisdom and you start understanding the beauty of it, I pray that as we go through these, the series, the more you walk in wisdom, the more you seek wisdom, the more you're going to find out that when you study the life of Jesus Christ, you'll find out that he is wisdom. The New Testament would say the wisdom of life is basically the way of discipleship. At the end of the day, a disciple, one who is a follower and a student of Christ. A, a, a disciple is one who not only follows Christ but goes out and teaches what Christ taught to where they become teachers of the teachings of Christ. One who disciples in Christ will learn the life of Christ, will learn, as they learn the life of Christ, they will start living like Christ. As they start learning about the love of Christ, they will start loving like Christ. As they start learning how Jesus led, they will start learning how to lead like Jesus. They will follow wisdom. When you follow wisdom, you'll start learning to follow Christ. When you grow in wisdom, you'll start growing in Christ. When you listen to wisdom, what you're really doing is at the end of the day, you're listening to Christ. As we go through this series, like I said, next week I'll talk about friendship. And it's, it's possibly one of my, well, it'll be one of my favorite messages. I, 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 it might be the favorite message I'm going to teach in all of this. I will tell you, if you have any little whippersnappers, little youngins, or teenagers, ay Dios mio, I'm praying for you on that one. But as you, as you, as you have it, I, I would tell you to bring them and you could sit down with your children and listen to the wisdom of choosing the right friends. Okay, so that, and then, and then after that, I'll talk about what wisdom looks like within your family. I'll talk about what wisdom looks like within your words. I'll talk about how wisdom or how Jesus looks like within your work and how he looks like within your wealth. I'll go through all of that, and hopefully as we've talked about faith and you've grown your faith in Christ, now we can grow in wisdom in Christ. Then as we move forward, I can't wait to talk to you about, about your soul and how important your soul is. So, that was my introduction. I know you're looking, going, man, the coffee's getting cold, coach. You better hurry up. But that's just an introduction for the whole series, okay? These truths are really small because <laughs> I spent a lot of time giving the introduction. But, but, but I hope before I get into this first truth, I hope you can get a picture, a perspective to make wisdom one of your top priorities. Truth number one. So what does wisdom do? Wisdom blesses you now. And it blesses you forever. Wisdom is something that just isn't good for you here. It's good for you in the eternal. Because wisdom, as I said earlier, gives you an eternal perspective. Wisdom has this wonderful thing of not just looking at the numbers, hear me, but looking beyond the numbers. 
And what I mean by numbers, I don't know. You can apply that any way you want to. You can use it in your business plan. You can look at it in your grades. You can look at it in your finances. You can look at it however you want to. You, you can look at numbers. You can try to calculate. You can try to orchestrate. You can try to navigate. You can try to get all the numbers. And what do the numbers look like? What do the numbers look like? And it's good to look at your numbers. Numbers just reveal where you're at. Numbers show you where you need to, maybe show you what you need to do, what you need to change. But wisdom looks past the numbers. Wisdom does something amazing. Through God's eyes, through the Holy Spirit, wisdom helps you see something and help you look at all the numbers and put it in an eternal perspective. It helps you look at your days and put it in an eternal perspective. It helps you look at your hours. It helps you, it helps you look at your problem and put it in an eternal perspective. And so it helps you not just today, it helps you for tomorrow and it helps you for eternity. Because with wisdom, you start understanding your finish line. You know why you're here. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what your purpose is. And when you know what your purpose is, nothing is going to stop you from getting to your purpose because your wisdom is going to help you make the right decision. You're not going to be foolish and make a decision that's hasty and that's quick just because everyone else is doing it. You should follow and do it. Wisdom sees, hold on now. Let me look at everything first before I make a decision. And as you look at it and you look at it from an eternal perspective, you'll find out, yes, this hurts. Yes, this is painful. Yes, this is difficult. But it has not changed my purpose. It has not changed, it has not thwarted God's plans in my life. I don't like what's happening in my life right now. I don't like what's going on right now. But because I have an eternal perspective through the wisdom of God, by the Holy Spirit, and through Christ, I can understand that there's a bigger picture than just what I'm going through. Now think about that just for a second. How would you make decisions if every decision you made came from that eternal perspective? You would eliminate, I don't know the percentage, but it's a lot. You would eliminate a lot of the problems that you create on your own. Yes or no? God doesn't want you to live in foolishness, he wants you to learn the value of wisdom. Proverbs teaches that those who walk in godly wisdom will be blessed here in this world. And when you think about blessing, see, my foolishness says, blessing, that means money. Wisdom says, no, 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 it's more than money. There's something more than money? Oh, we need to sit down and talk. <laughs> yes, money isn't everything. Would you take a million dollars or would you take joy and peace and tranquility and, 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 and just, just this, this beautiful spirit of contentment that no matter what happens, you're going to be strong in the Lord? Well, when a fool would take a million dollars. And I think there's a lot of foolish people in the world that would take a million dollars. A wise person says, give me this. This is more valuable. What do I want to teach my children? How to make money or how to live life? I hope it's the latter for most of us. And wisdom tells us that. I've, I've made some foolish decisions in my life. Come on. But I made a wise decision when I married my wife. I did. I listened to the Lord. I, I, you've heard the story. Uh, Roseanne was ready to marry me the second day. She was. I, she, she, she's like, I mean, a biological clock is ticking. I'm like, what? I mean, I, whoa, nah, 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 whoa, time out. That's way too fast. I'm glad she didn't tell me that. She didn't tell me that on the second day. She waited two months later to tell me that. Still had a heart attack. But thank God I didn't listen to my fear. Because I was like, whoa. Did you say my, 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 my marriage? There's no, I'm not, that wasn't anywhere. I'm glad I didn't listen to my fear. I'm glad I didn't listen to my thoughts. I'm glad I didn't listen to my feelings. I'm glad I listened to the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer for you as we go through this series. I pray that you'll understand that 
Wisdom will give you a blessed life, and God wants you to have it. So I'll give you an idea. Everyone knows that, that eating prop, a proper diet will create a better health. Yes or no? We hate diets, though, right? I mean, my wife and I are on one right now, and, and when, when we started realizing that we're going through this, and, and we started realizing and reading that, okay, on this diet, you're going to have to measure your food. You think my wife liked that? She's like, for how long? I was like, oh, for 90 days. I'm like, whoo. I'm like, man, that's going to be a rough 90 days for us. But here's what it does. What's this principle? You eat good food, you'll have a healthy body. Here's this, what applies to the body applies to the soul. If you read good word, you're going to have a healthy soul. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Now, Eating good food doesn't mean I'm not going to get cancer. It doesn't mean I'm not going to die. That's still going to happen. But this is the beauty of death for us. Wisdom for us tells us that death is just a comma. It's not a period. It's just death is the the, the room we got to go to the graduation and to get to the celebration past our graduation in this world and we got to celebrate up in heaven and there's that eternal perspective so I want you to learn to understand that wisdom blesses you here and it blesses you in the future let me give you a scripture to help you understand that verse 13 and 14 from chapter 3 joyful is the person who finds wisdom the one who gains understanding for wisdom is more profitable than silver Her wages are better than gold. Time out. Just for a second. I'm going to keep it there. So it's not just money. See, there's something greater than silver. There's something greater than gold. It's this wisdom because gold and silver is only going to bless you here in this world. That's all it's going to do. But wisdom will help you beyond this world. That's why it's greater than gold and silver. Verse verse 15 says further, wisdom is more precious than rubies, precious stones. Wow. Nothing you desire, listen to this, nothing you desire compares to wisdom. Hold on, time out, hold the phone. What? Nothing. Put anything in God's balance beam, in balance beam, or scale better yet. Put all that you desire over here and put wisdom. Wisdom will win. Time out. Have you been practicing it? Have you, let's just stop for a second. Let's look at our life. Can we just go back to those five things we're going to talk about? Your friends, your family, your words, your work, and your wealth. How wise are you? Don't grade yourself pretty good, right? You kind of go, oh, jeez, oh, man, wow. Why? Because no one's taught you this. No one's taught you how to live a, li- live a life of wisdom. No one has really explained the importance of it. You just kind of go through life. And we go through life and we go through a rut. Come on, somebody say amen. Where you just expect, hey, it's going to be from here to A to B to C. We go to sleep, get up the next morning, A to B to C. Or in the middle of A to B to C. In the middle of all that you're doing, Don't know that there's wisdom in every part of your life. There's an opportunity for you to grow in wisdom every day. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What does God have in all this? I'm telling you guys, that's, if there's one thing that I would share about my life, I'm not the smartest person in this room. Don't claim to be. Uh, I'm not the best Bible scholar in this room. Don't claim to be. Gary is. I'm not that guy. I, 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 don't have, I don't have the knowledge or the brilliance or the intelligence that a lot of people have. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't claim that. All I prayed for, when my dad taught me about Solomon, and when my dad said, Solomon asked for wisdom, and he became a very important man in the Bible, From that moment on, my whole deal was, Lord, just give me wisdom. I want wisdom. I want wisdom. That's what I want more than anything else. And and I, have I always been that? No, I've not always been wise. I made a lot of foolish decisions. 
But wisdom has saved me from a lot of stupid decisions and choices in my life. And my prayer is that happens to you too as we go through this series. Truth number two. So not only does wisdom help you here and now, but also tomorrow, wisdom will call you to live a life of peace. I'm telling you, give me peace. I want peace. I want sanity. I, I, I want purpose because when there's peace and there's purpose, then there's passion. And those three, and then with peace, purpose, and, and passion, there's perseverance. So now you never let up and you never give up because you have a purpose that's stronger than anything. And because your purpose is so rooted and because your purpose is so strong, nothing, it goes back to like the person who builds his house on a rock. Because your roots are so strong and you know what your purpose is, the winds will come, the rain will, will, will try to knock it and, 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 and the waters rise, but that house stands, your life stands because you have that. I can't stress enough the beauty of peace. There's a lot of things in this world that, that can break my heart, but it can never break my peace. I can walk around with a broken heart. You can too, right? Some of us just learn to just, okay, flip the switch and we're just going to go on. Yes or no? And you walk around like a zombie. At least I do. Because I have to move on. But there, as I've grown in wisdom, man, peace has given me so much strength. When everyone else is worried and concerned about, oh, he said this, and hey, hey, your son's doing this, your daughter's in trouble over here, she's dating this guy, and I'm, whoa, and when I try to control the uncontrollable, wisdom goes, wait, whoa, whoa, John, you know they're my children before they're yours. Yes, Father. Do you know that my ways are higher than yours? <laughs> Whew, I needed to hear that. You know that I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to leave them. Oh, I need to hear that right now. You know that I'm always going to love you. You know that there's nothing that can separate my love from them. Ooh. Oh, Father, thank you for the eternal perspective. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for the peace that you're reminding me that I have because you need to remind me sometimes because sometimes my emotions and my feelings get in the way of my peace. Someone said this last night in the, in the Kurt Franklin concert, which was brilliant. My feelings do not have intellect. I thought that was great. He was saying, my feelings cannot think. Come on, somebody say a minute. Ah. So those of you that coach athletes, we, that's a good one to remember to tell you, you athletes. Hey, what are you feeling? Hey, right now your feelings aren't thinking at all. So don't listen to your feelings. This is what he said. He said, for many of us, the, our feelings become our engine. And the word of God becomes our caboose. And we've got it backwards. We've got to put the word of God as the engine and our feelings as the caboose. And as you do that, things start working. And I hear that and I go, wisdom. That's wisdom. That someone who's experienced something and understands that this isn't working, my feelings aren't the answer, it's the word of God that's the answer. And when you go back to the word of God, and I ask how much are you reading the word of God, and where are you reading? You're going, John, I have no idea where to start. A lot of places to go. You can go to our website, mychurchsa.com. You can go on resources. I've got 100 of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I've got 200 Bible stories there you can go to. Or if you want to go, hey, I just want wisdom. Well, here's a great place to go. I've said this before. What's today, the 11th or 10th? 10th. So today, go read Proverbs chapter 10. Tomorrow's the 11th. Go read Proverbs chapter 11. Tomorrow's the 12th. Go read Proverbs chapter 12. What happens if there's 31 days in a month? Guess what? There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Read Proverbs chapter 31. What happens the following month? We'll go back to read Proverbs chapter 1 again. You can't get enough wisdom. Yes or no? 
Go read it. Go learn it. Go, go embrace it. If I were to ask here, who wants more peace, everyone would raise their hand, right? Everyone raises, yeah, I want more peace. Okay, go, go read the Bible and find out what wisdom is. And start, is this a promise? Is this a command? Is this a tool? There's no promises here. There's, there's, there's principles. This is a principle that I can apply to the pattern of my life. And as I apply this principle to the pattern in my life, everything's going to radically change. Yes. Apply these, princi- these principles. Apply these patterns. Practice them. <laughs> practice. We're talking about practice? There's about five of you that got that, but that's okay. Yes, we're talking about practice. You have to practice. You have to work on it. Don't just go, okay, here I am. Tantarans. That's it. I'm here. No, the tantarans. I'm not going there. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3. Oh, forgive me. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and your barns will be filled with plenty. Ooh, ooh. That's a promise. No, it's not a promise. Because what it's not a promise. The more you give God, the, the richer you're gonna be. It's not a it's not a promise, it's a principle. And the principle of generosity, the principle of gratitude. The more grateful you are, the more generous you'll be, and the more gracious you will be. And then you'll take wealth and you'll take money and you'll apply wisdom to wealth and you'll know that wealth is given to me from an eternal perspective, not so I can keep it, but so I can share it. And God is going to bless you for that. Yes, he will bless you for that. But don't think he's going to fill your barns all the time. That's what it says in the Bible. Don't turn it into a promise. It's a principle of life that God, what's God saying? Give God your best and you will have peace. That's a truth. Now you can take a principle and turn it into a truth and you can read that and apply it to that. And that's what I, I hope that you get out of this whole series. Um, oh, there's so much to, to read. Uh, I'm going to go to the scriptures here. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. She, being wisdom, right, offers you a long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left hand. So I put in purple because the purple to me is a principle. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says this, wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. That's a principle. The more I hold, that's a pattern. Happy people have wisdom. Why? Because they have peace. I'm going to close with truth number three. And Junior, if you could come up and play something, I'd appreciate it. So I've given you what the book of Proverbs is about. I've told you that Proverbs are, there's principles. It's a proverb. It's not a promise. I've told you that. I've told you that it's based on a relationship, an intimate relationship. And I've told you that it all points to Jesus. I've done those three. And I've told you that it's good for your life here and for your life in, in, in the eternal uh, life, I've told you also that that it brings peace into your life. Well, so that's kind of what I've spent 30 minutes talking about. So what's the first step then? So you've given kind of the journey, Coach. What's the first step? What's the first step to wisdom? The fear of the Lord. The very first step towards this life of wisdom towards this life of peace, towards this life of, of living good here or having being blessed here in this life and in the life to come is, is the fear of the Lord. You're going, wait a minute, the fear of the Lord, Coach, I, I don't, man, when you talk about the fear of God, I'm kind of, it's scary. Well, hear me, hear me, and help, I want to help you understand this. Before I start, if you've grown up in a religion or in a church where every time you would say something wrong and they'd hit you in the head or slap you on the wrist or something like that or it's been out of fear that's not what this is it's not that's not the fear of the lord that's that's the fear of of punishment and some people would say that's a little bit of the fear of the lord and there's a little bit of that but but it's deeper than that with wisdom let me help you understand that 
And, and, and if you've grown up in a home where you, you lived in fear and you were afraid that every time you made a mistake that your mom or your dad were going to punish you or, or hurt you or take things away from you, is that the fear of the Lord? No, no, that's not the fear of the Lord. There's, there's a little bit of the fear of the Lord in that I, I have the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is something that I would describe and I've described it a lot of different ways. And I want to help you understand what I've learned the fear of the Lord is. There's this reverence and respect. And there's this awe. And there's this glory for God. But the best way I describe it is the fear of the Lord is basically what I don't want to do is I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want I don't want to put a frown in his face. So, so I want you to, but what I do want to do, and I'll get to that in a second. What I do want to do, I don't want to put a frown in his face. I want to put a delight in his heart. I want to please him so much because I love him so much because, what he's, because of what he's done for me. Nobody could ever do for me what he did for me. And because no one can do for me what he did for me, I understand nobody can love me like he can love me. And because nobody can love me like he can love me, I want to love him more than anybody else that I've ever met in my entire life. And because I want to love him more than anybody else that I've ever met in my entire life, the last thing I want to do is break his heart. So there's this fear that, that love brings a fear and love takes away a fear. Love adds fear and love takes away fear. So first let me talk about the love that fear takes away. Love takes away the fear of condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So now that I know that I am not condemned, what his love does for me is it removes condemnation and it removes separation anxiety. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. I should never be discouraged. I should always have strength, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Do not be dismayed or do not be discouraged, for I will be with you wherever you go. Give me some of that, God. Give me some of that love. Give me some of that life. Are you kidding me? That's like, give me more of that. I think I just had the drink that Kirk Franklin had last night because he was jumping around all over the place. It's just so passionate and loving. It's like, this is, this is it. This is life in a bottle. And I want to drink more of this. So love removes that fear. But love also adds a fear. Like, whew, I don't, I don't want to disrespect you. I don't want to dishonor this. I don't want to do anything to damage this relationship. I value it so much. I need it so much that it's going to help me walk down the right path. It's going to it's going to direct all my priorities. So now, now when hey John, you want to do this or hey, let's go do this or what about this? Hey, what should I do this? I always have this principle of it all goes through him. Hear me? Everything goes through him. I don't make a decision without him. Because nobody can love me like he can. So I, I, I cherish it so much, I, I don't want to hurt it. Think about the person, just, just for a second. Think about the person you love the most. And think about you breaking that person's heart. How would that make you feel? You know the answer. It would, it would crush you. So the fear of potentially hurting that person you love so much, you know what it does? It directs you into the right path. So hear me. Fear, love takes away a fear, but it also adds a fear. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. This is the first step. 
If you ever want to have wisdom in your life, if you ever want to see things from a perspective that you've never seen before, if you ever want to make decisions and every decision you make is for this life and for the eternal life, if you want to look past the numbers, if you want to understand how to have wisdom in your friendships, wisdom in your family, wisdom with your words, wisdom with your work, and wisdom with your wealth, the first step is right here. This is, this is the first step. When I see these, this picture and everybody worshiping, that's what I saw last night. That's what we saw last night. And, and there was a moment there where I just, I told you I sat down and I started smiling. And then I just started bawling like a baby. Mocos everywhere. Like, there was nothing. It's like, I, I, was, there, I, was, I was there. I really was. And it was just, reverence for God in a room of 18,000 people. There, there were sometimes that would sing oldie but goodies, hymnal songs, and, and the whole place just, they just gasped. And it's like, that's it. That's it right there. That's what the fear of the Lord is. I love you so much, Lord. I never want to put a frown on your face. I never, ever, ever. This isn't about religion. This isn't about hitting someone in the hands. This isn't about getting out the belt. This isn't about getting on your knees. It's not about that. That's all for behavior modification. This is deeper. My prayer for you, that as we go through this whole series, and I can't wait to share this type of wisdom with friendships that you'll get a good understanding of what your life is supposed to look like. Let's read scripture. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom multiply your days and add years to your life. That's a good principle of wisdom. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. And if you scorn wisdom, oh, this is the truth, you will be the one to suffer. At the end of the day, you make the choice. Let's bow our heads and pray. Oof, Father, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your grace for the good news that you bring us through Jesus Christ I thank you for your son who showed us what the wisdom life looks like Lord we can't live that life we can't do it in our own strength we need your Holy Spirit to teach us to give us the strength to live that life. Lord, I pray that you, that through the Holy Spirit, that this room and everyone that's watching online, that, that, that through your Holy Spirit, we can, we can learn how to tap into the wisdom of God, into your wisdom, so we can learn how to look at our relationships and our wealth and our work and our words and our families and our friends from the perspective of fearing you, Lord, because we don't want to do anything when it comes to our friends or family or our work or wealth or words to bring a frown upon your face. Lord, I pray that you convict us through the Holy Spirit to direct us into the paths that we should be to learn to learn the beauty of wisdom. And Lord, now that as, as we've finished this, this message today, I pray if there's anyone here today that has not made the best decision of their life to give their life to Jesus Christ, we pray that, that your Holy Spirit awakens them, that Holy Spirit, you draw them to Christ. You draw them to the Father. And Lord, I, I pray that, that we as a church can live the 
practical life of wisdom, Father, and, and we can teach people how to know who they are in Christ and know what they have in Christ. And now, Lord, as we ask the band to come up and as we get ready to give an offering, Father, I pray that now, as we've learned about how to walk in wisdom, now let us learn how to worship in gratitude and worship in just gratefulness. Lord, thank you for the generosity of your grace. I pray that, that we you bless this offering, whether it's through through finances or whether it's an offering through worship. Lord, let us let us worship you like it happens in heaven. Bless this offering. Bless this church. In Jesus' name.